everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I am your host, Kale Smith. Joining me this week is David Weiser from Film Assessment. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. Uh, And also joining us uh, with, we have two new guest hosts, two. Uh, We have uh, on my left, uh, Joshua Martin uh, from Conversation with Two Geeks. And we have Alfie Amaya, from Movie Ranking Spaces. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Hey, y'all. How are you? Hey, y'all. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, nice having Nice being on. Thank you. It, Thank it, you, guys. No, no problem. Uh, no problem at all. Uh, and uh, Josh, since uh, you, uh, since usually we do this for the new guests, but since there's two, uh, Josh, what is the movie we are talking about this week? Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yes, yes, yes. We are here. It's finally here after uh, many delays, many production woes. Um, and we'll get into all that in just a few minutes, but we are finally here. Uh, Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever is finally upon us. Uh, we have all seen it. Um, a lot of you have seen it as well given the massive opening weekend it has 300 uh, million dollar opening weekend again it did it again a huge opening um but uh so we won't spend too much time in spoilers but uh when we do go into spoilers we will let everyone know uh so uh with that um I'm going to start with you, uh, Alfie. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever? Uh, my thoughts, uh, when I first watched the, when the promotion kind of started for the movie, um, I remember watching that incredible teaser trailer I think we've all seen. Mm-hmm. And I thought I, I need to see this like on the biggest screen that I could get. And even then, with previous MCU movies, sometimes they usually do take a little bit of time for me to catch me with their promotion. But when that teaser trailer came out, that was a day one for me. And then 
when I watched it, to me, I would say it is one of my favorite films of the year. It is my favorite film of, from the MCU, I think, as I mentioned it to you. Um, I, I didn't really uh, know what exact expectations I had because I, I, I do love the first Black Panther a lot. And as I said, I was very excited due to the promotion, but I, I think it exceeded a lot of any expectations that I had. Okay, uh, and for you, Josh. For me, um, this movie, I, so I've seen this movie twice. I saw it opening night on Thursday, and then I saw it Sunday. And both times, like, left me emotionally numb in a good way. Just, it took me, like, an hour to, like, formulate thoughts. Mm-hmm. And just, I just think that this is just a triumph of just this movie, especially given all the stuff that I had to deal with from and we'll probably get into a lot of it in a sec. Uh, hopefully, a lot into a second. But like, I'm just happy this movie was made at all. And I just think that this is a triumph. I think Ryan Coogler and the cast, uh, cast and crew, just anyone who worked on this movie, just y'all, um, y'all deserve just just a salute because this was not an easy. I imagine this probably was not an easy movie to make. Yeah. Uh, and for you, David. Um, so prior to that teaser trailer that Alfie alluded to, I was very skeptical going into this. Granted, with everything that I knew that happened transpired behind the scenes, um, like the tragedy of losing Chadwick, obviously, how like it in in my mind, like it kind of felt like they rushed into production so soon after that, that I had concerns that it was like gonna feel more like a cash grab than like a genuine, uh, like any tribute to him might feel insincere is what I was worried about. And thankfully that wasn't the case, but that that was kind of, those were kind of my concerns going into this before the marketing kicked in. And then that teaser grabbed me just like it did for Alfie. And like the marketing has been pretty stellar for this movie. Um, and I loved kind of the, uh, one of the things that grabbed, grabbed me early on, like I had heard rumors that Namor was going to be the villain before they like officially revealed it. But like, I loved the, um, that they kind of, uh, they didn't just adapt Namor straight from the page. Like they, they gave it a, like, kind of like a twist by kind of giving him that kind of, um, Mesoamerican culture. Uh, like kind of kind of projecting that onto it to where it was like more than just uh, copy and paste Aquaman. It mm-hmm. was like more of a dimensional character. And I think like having that culture as a part of him just adds so much to him and not and like in character design alone, like the like live action ver- version of a- Namor that we got is like so much more interesting than a guy with like uh elf ears and green trunks you know like i mean he has that but like the character design there's a lot more going on there in terms of his costume alone and just kind of the look of the character like i felt like they knocked that out of the park um so yeah i i really like the movie overall um in the like kind of the middle stretch of the movie like kind of this whole second act there are some things that are a little messy for me that i'll be able to talk more openly about when we get to spoilers just because like there's 
the trailers didn't really reveal too much. Well, there is footage that I was surprised. Like the last shot of the movie is in the, I think the first teaser trailer, but uh, like out of context, you would have no idea, but it's just kind of funny to notice that um, after the fact. Uh, same, same. Um, and f for me, I also kind of felt what you were feeling, David, was it was a little too soon to do a Black Panther movie. I mean, they started filming this movie 10 months, almost to the day of when we lost Chadwick Boseman. So for me, that was such an impossible, like really unnerving turnaround. And and even like some of the early comments from like Angela Bassett uh, were very much like the script is still, you know, incomplete, but it's also like, you know, they're, you know, they're still grieving while they're having to film this movie. So I felt for the cast and crew, and then of course, all of the production woes that happen uh, within the film uh, or w while making it. Uh, so, so to see that first teaser that everyone keeps talking about, it is legendary how much my feelings turned. Like it's legendary how my anticipation grew with each piece of the marketing. Uh, and then to see this movie, um, and Josh, like you, I saw this movie twice. Um, I saw it on Thursday night and then I just got back because uh, we have discount uh, Tuesdays at my local theater. So I, so I went and saw it again. And while I kind of, I still stand by my, and like gut reaction thoughts on Thursday that I posted on Twitter about how it's still kind of messy. I felt for this second time viewing a lot more stuff like was much more co conclusive, a lot more stuff, you know, like a lot of the stuff that I had problems with didn't were not met really problems they were more minor problems in the grand scheme of things and more stuff that you really could just be like well they just ran out of time to really fit this all together so uh so for me i really really do i do have a much stronger opinion on it and i do love the film and i love like how we book open this movie and i love how we book it you know we end we start this movie with shuri being our main character as a person who's dealing with grief and dealing with the anger that she could not she's a tinkerer she's an inventor she could not save her brother and then we end the story with her being we just end the story with her you know finally letting go of that of that like trauma letting go of that anger that frustration that came with you know her grief mm -hmm. so for me like I, I feel like the story is really strong and then you know and of course I really love I really do think uh Namor's an incredible character I think you know the way uh the way it's written on the page it's it's kind of like a fairy tale as someone mentioned on Twitter <laughs> like he I mean he Did you know he There's a little bit of that. Yeah, he kidnaps the princess, puts her in a nice garb, takes her takes her around his castle, his kingdom, and then they have a big fight, and then they you know make out make make up in the end. Excuse me. Uh, so it it's a, it so yeah, I mean, 
it's so yeah now we have princess shuri in the long line of disney princesses so i i, I well it, hmm. okay. I, I, is it is, is she princess or queen because we need to kind of figure that out okay she did become a queen my bad my apologies yeah queen, so, queen. So that's that's another thing so i was talking about with some friends and the impression i got is that mbaku is king now because he he came he, he was unchallenged Mm-hmm. at the the ceremony although i will say that scene is edited kind of awkwardly where it just kind of like cuts away it, like it doesn't like uh so, wait did i just wait maybe we should put like a spoiler disclaimer before what i just okay said. hold that yeah, thought. Wait, uh, hold that wait, thought okay we'll hold we'll put a pin please. on that okay i just okay we'll put a pin on it i promise we'll come back to that in later but yeah no i, I just really was like but no, I mean, I really do. Because I already kind of did spoil that Shuri did survive at the end. But I mean, that's that'd be weird if she didn't. So, um, uh, but yeah, no, I, but yeah, no, to wrap up my thoughts, it's an, it's a good movie. It's my favorite MCU movie of the year now mm-hmm. that I've, and this is saying a lot because I did actually really, really like Multiverse of Madness. Um, I think that the, yeah, sorry. Okay. I, no, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I, I would say that this is easily probably the best movie phase four. That's there's a good argument for it. I mean, I love Eternals, but I, I know I'm an odd man out. I am I agree with that. Um I think it's the best movie of the of phase four, and I love Eternals and I love Multiverse of Madness as well. But this one I, is beyond that. And I like Eternals as well. And but this this is uh, look, y'all, I I I literally came from this movie both times emotionally numb for reasons. This movie deserves the if that happens to me, like and just just so people like get like a wave of rage of how I emotionally deal with stuff. Um, if a movie like emotionally like does that to me or leaves me like crying stuff, then it goes into like top tier stuff. I know that's not being subjective and stuff in our line of work, but like when stuff affects you, it affects you. I mean, you can't control your emotions. You can't control how a piece of art affects you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't. I don't know if anyone wants to comment on that, but you just can't. Like you, I mean, that's why so many of my top, like one, number one movies of the year are. I always say it's a personal favorite. It's probably not the best movie. It's probably mm-hmm. not. You know, it's not Parasite. You know, but it is my personal. But it is what I put on number one is always going to be my personal favorite. So for, yeah. All right. So we, so for non-spoilers, um, let's kind of dive right into it. Let's, what did we, what were some things that we were really imp- impressed by the movie? Like this on a non-spoiler way, like what, like did we like the introductions of any of the new characters? Uh, did we like the older characters? What, what were, uh, what were some of the things we um what were some of the big things uh starting with you josh you look like you're about to, go. I, you're about to I, explode i i just i'm just like oh okay mm, mm. i know we're doing non-spoilers and stuff and i'm being respectful but like okay this is gonna i be promise the non-spoilers we will be long but go ahead okay all right just to get the non-spoilers out of the way i really like the form and uh, um just the arcs the performances and just where everything, and again, you guys mentioned this earlier, where it begins and where it ends. Like it was a perfect uh, cacophony of just where it book get, where it begins and bookends. Okay, 
Uh, Alfie, for you? I think for me, I I was really expecting to see how the movie would open, uh, how the what the opening scene would be. And I was very impressed on how Ryan Coogler really handled, um, you know, Shadwick Boseman's passing in this movie. And I really loved that open sequence of, of the movie on uh, focusing on really giving you not only a little bit of reminding you of T'Challa's legacy, but also the impact that he had on uh, not only his family, but also on, on his kingdom and everything that, that he did for them and how they felt about him. And also I love the introduction of, of Namor in the movie. Um, I thought I thought this that, that sequence was I, I thought it was really scary. I think Ryan Ryan, uh, Ryan Coogler did it very well, and he and he really portrayed really that menace that he was from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's yeah the it's an it's incredible. Uh, the are you talking about the uh, ship scene or the when they meet on the beach? Uh, the very first scene on uh, the ship scene. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was okay. That was I'm not gonna lie. That was an M Night Shyamalan level shit. Yes, <laughs> it was. It was that. That was horror each thing, and he Ryan Coogler managed it really well. I'm and also I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I feel like okay. I feel like some directors are taking notes because this is the second like horror Jason scene I've seen in an MCU movie this year. The first being when all the kids were kidnapped in Thor: Love, Love and Thunder, like. I feel like someone's taking notes from Sam Raimi. Everyone's trying to be like, "Oh, we can be horror now." Yeah, just, just, just. Yeah, I feel like someone. I feel like I don't know if they were allowed to even because of COVID or stuff. But I feel like, like if they were ever on set, they were like, "Okay, we just do this. We do this. We do this." Like Tyke, like Tyke and Ryan were taking notes, and I just. They probably were, although all three of those productions we've mentioned, uh, including this one, they were all shot in different places. So yes, uh, but yes. Um, all right. So, is there anything else we need to say about before spoilers? Because I think we could probably talk more about what we love if we go ahead and move in. Oh yeah, let's just go on the spoilers. Okay. Yes, let's let's go. All yeah. right. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, starting with you, David. What were some spoiler thoughts? Okay. <laughs> now I can just like let it all out. Um, <laughs> probably. I, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna touch on really quickly what didn't work for me because I want to just get that out of the way because I love so much of this movie that what didn't work for me is kind of what not. Uh, not that it makes. It, it ruins the movie, but it, it's what keeps it from being as good as the original Black Panther for me personally. Um, I do think it's definitely a worthy sequel, and I think it under the circumstances of everything they had to deal with, Chadwick Boseman's passing, all the COVID uh, mess behind the scenes, having to stop and start production, uh, their lead actress being injured in a stunt, like all of that. And like kind of the controversy even associated with Letitia Wright, like if you, if we want to touch on that at all, um, like the fact that they had to manage around all of that and this movie was as good as it is, it's kind of a miracle. Um, 
it, it's kind of amazing. Uh, I mean, Alfie talked about it a lot in great detail, but like, it's amazing how well they handled the, the passing of Chadwick Boseman. That was one of the things I was still nervous about because I was wondering if like, say um, a character went to the ancestral plane or something, were they going to have like CGI bad Chadwick Boseman? Were they going to like have, like, I was kind of like wondering where they would go with it. And I was glad that they, the only footage of Chadwick himself was footage from the previous movies, like that they had in that um, scene towards the end when Shuri's burning her um, funeral garb. But so now that I kind of touched on all those little points, like what, what didn't work for me in this movie is kind of the incorporation of Val and I don't mind Everett Ross as much like he's a fine character but like their whole subplot and everything with that felt really forced into this movie and it felt like it was in there because they wanted to like kind of set up more stuff for Thunderbolts and kind of have like oh well we have this recurring MCU character and like Everett Ross was in the first movie so I get that but like you could cut all of that out and kind of just uh, reframe it a little bit. And um, you could probably even cut out Riri Williams. I, I liked her character. I, I, I will say that. I liked her character. Okay, you are all... Probably cut... What? Just, just... Sorry, I'm, I'm giving you the, like, the, um, the side-eye look. Oh, okay. I'm giving you the side-eye look, look, David. I'm just... I, so, so what? What I mean by that? I'm sorry, is like, I mean it all comedically. <laughs> I, I definitely, I, I loved her character, and I, I, I really liked her as the pres her presence in the movie. But like, the way she's kind of like incorporated into the plot is kind of like she's almost like a a MacGuffin herself, kind of similar to like America Chavez in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, um, I could see that, and I actually don't disagree with you on that. So I kind of would have almost preferred her be introduced in the Ironheart series instead of here. I think it works for the purpose of what they're doing and she's, it doesn't interfere too much, but the whole Everett Ross and Val stuff in the background that's like related to the plot, like I think the movie could have done without that and you could have trimmed that fat. And I, I did like one, um, speaking kind of on that wavelength, um, kind of as a follow-up to the first Black Panther, how they kind of dealt with the repercussions of Wakanda coming out to the world and kind of the geopolitical drama that kind of came from that with like the other countries trying to obtain vibranium and stuff. I think that is interesting and the Valve stuff kind of relates to that, but it, I don't know. I, it it, I, it I, just I, didn't fully integrate for me. I, I actually see where you're coming from with this, David, and I actually do support you on some on some of the stuff. Like, and because I go, I'm one two minds of it. For one thing, I actually kind of understand why I didn't. It didn't really affect me that much, but I also kind of see where people are. And I've been noticing this ever since she was pushing she's a Winter Soldier, and I think it just might be because it's Julie Lee Dreyfus, because it's just you know I think a lot of us like you know when we see Julie Lee Dreyfus, we think Seinfeld and stuff, and oh, like, when we see yeah. her in MCU, it's like wait what. Like when, or yeah, I know Lane from Seinfeld and stuff, but like it's just it's just like wait, what the heck is she doing in here and stuff? And like I think she's fine in the movie and stuff, but I can kind of understand why people have that weird kind of like okay, this doesn't kind of work and stuff. 
Um, for me, it didn't, but for me, I thought it was fine, but like I get why people have issues with it and stuff. And it, it's kind of one of them and stuff. And yeah. I had I have similar thoughts on that because um I did at the ver very first scene when with Martin Freeman and Julia um I really thought for a second like mm, okay so is he here because he was in the first movie and they just kind of you know try to make like a full circle moment or something and it was a it was a bit weird at first but then you know I'm a huge fan of them so I, I was I, I was happy to see them the actors themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think they they did give sort of a, a bit of purpose for their appearance uh, because of uh, what's going on with the relations, uh, you know, the from the governments between Wakanda and the U.S. and yes. now with Tawakan coming into the picture. Um, but I do I do think uh, that maybe one of the scenes should have been cut out, maybe. But uh, but as I mentioned, I do think. Ryan Coogler has such a hard job trying to do that he because he had to meet so many expectations mm -hmm. from a lot of people because mm -hmm. he had to handle, of course, uh, Shadwick Boseman's passing, try to handle how to give it um, for this movie to be a tribute to him, but also to close the story on T'Challa and also moving forward on the story of Wakanda. And then also trying to move forward the MCU story and then introducing Talokan and Namor. He had a lot to do. And I know people, that's really the big criticism that people are doing, that the, that the movie's messy. But I do think that nobody else would have done a better job than Ryan Coogler did in this movie with everything he had to do. Yeah, no. And I think him, and also I want to give credit to uh, Joe Robert Cole, who's his co-writer. Um, yeah, like... Just the two, just the two of them constructed a story that they were able to do while still making a sequel, while pushing the world, while also giving not only to Wakanda but also the MCU, but while also making a tribute to Chadwick. Like that's not an easy feat to do. Hell, even as someone that wants to be a filmmaker, I don't know if I would have been able to do that. And work like, with, and, and work within the MCU expectations of like we gotta. And also, this is servicing the end of Phase Four. Like this mm -hmm. is, this is somehow I made up. You know, all of a sudden ending to Phase Four. So, it's got to be the end of an arc of all whatever from Black Widow till this movie. So yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> he had a. So yeah, it's a challenge, and I think he did. And you're, I think everyone's right, but even looking at that last scene and thinking about, and someone also mentioned this on Twitter, I really need to start like writing down like tweets and who credited, who did what, but someone kind of mentioned on Twitter that, you know, phase four is so much about grief. It's so much about, you know, the toll of grief and, and how grief affects us in different ways. I mean, and if you look at the MCU, it is very much each one does have their own representation of grief, you know, rather it's, you know, Black Widow, like we as an audience are mourning the character we never got to know. So we get a movie to learn more about her, even though that movie also doesn't quite work because we don't get to know her too much more than what we knew. And then Eternals is very much kind of grieving the idea of, you know, there of the idea of that maybe, you know, there is 
maybe the you know the the service the purpose you came here for was not the purpose you actually meant to do and then Chang chi is a grieving of parents or Zhang chi excuse me mike i'm sorry um and, and then you know spider-man no way home has you know its own like it, it i mean it may dies thor love and thunder jane foster's dying and then uh Doctor Strange is lamenting the relationship he never got to have. So, I mean, it's all these movies about... And then, of course, I, I, there's all these shows, but I, I can't do this. We'll be here all night if we talk about the shows. Yeah, um, although I, yeah. I, will, I will say one of them being Miss Marvel. Sorry to interrupt you, David. Yeah. Oh, no. Just, yeah, I know. One of them, um, I, do, I will say, if we did have to like mention the shows for a hot second, I know you say we don't have to be there, but I think I can round them out. Falcon okay. Winter Soldier. That's um generation. That's generation. Well, actually, both Falcon Winter Soldier and Miss Marvel to a certain extent. Um, generational grief. Mm-hmm. Um, general. Actually, Falcon Winter Soldier, racial grief. Um, WandaVision. Ma- WandaVision. Um, WandaVision. Uh, just uh, grief of a loved one. So that can be that can be applied there. Oh, Loki! I can do Loki. I can I can do Loki. Existential grief. Existential grief. And um, then, and then, uh, Miss Marvel, um, uh, not traditional, but um, generational grief, yes, generational grief. And then, what else? I'd be like, There's Moon one. Knight, Moon Knight, um, and Moon Hawkeye, Knight. yeah. And even, even in Hawkeye, I think, um, I didn't like that show that much, but I do love that it was kind of a little bit of what started in the Black Widow movie, where grief of love one. Of course, Scarlett Johansson is not in the show, but her uh, Black Widow really looms over that story with Clint and Florence Pugh's character with Yelena, uh, that they're both still grieving her and them trying to move on to different means. I got it. Yeah. Hawkeye is survivor's grief. Okay, survivor's grief. And then, and then um, I never we... finished Moon Knight, so I don't know what the grief Moon is. Moon Knight, I would say identity grief. <laughs> okay. But identity grief especially given the multiple person uh the multiple personality disorder and um, then she hulk and then she hulk identity grief well identity grief in both cases but for a very particular reason in a it in, in she hulk okay okay we okay great we did okay great we, we did, did it. it uh it's a it's a whole phase about grief uh, yes and then given what we've seen from ant-man and the wasp Ant- i guess Phase five is about the pick me up when you finally just let things go, or you or when you learn to live with it. Yeah, and sure. I just and I'm just like Kevin. Did you go through some shit recently? I know, like I'm like I'm starting to wonder, especially as we kind of list it off. It's like Kevin, um, or maybe or any of the creators, um, have y'all dealt with some stuff recently? If so, do you need a hug? Do you, you need someone to talk to? Do you need therapists? I mean, Kevin Feige. I'm not licensed, but I can listen. I mean, Kevin Feige does look. He does look like he's on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I, Uh, you know. Uh, uh, but, but uh, yeah. So, but yeah, to book in the story with grief and learning to like, it's not even. I guess you can say it's letting go because she's burning the garb and Mm -hmm. accept it no okay it's acceptance excuse me it's acceptance she's went through the final stage and it's acceptance Mm -hmm. so 
we did it the, the phase four was actually oh here's a fun fact phase four was Zack Snyder's grief uh DC grief trilogy all along y'all y'all understand what I'm saying I do think it like it feels like a phase about grief seems like a natural continuation from in Mm-hmm. with like the fact of everything they went through there and like all the characters picking up the pieces and, and as the result of that story and not gonna lie uh considering the world we're kind of in right now uh yeah we're kind of dealing with some collective grief that i don't think we properly deal with nor we're probably going to deal with within like i think it's gonna take at least since a dec half a decade maybe two to like maybe a century wait. Maybe a century to like properly weigh the toll of like what has happened recently, but like, yeah, I think we all need therapists. There, there's two. There's, there's never enough therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about uh, let's actually talk about uh, telecon, telecon. Is that what it's called? Telecon or tele? It's telecon, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, it's Comic-Con. Yes. Okay, let's talk about it because uh, I think it's an interesting new world. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it doesn't get the same love as Wakanda did in the first movie. Mm. But then again, this movie's unfortunately packed. So, but what we see of it, it looks incredible. And the scene where uh, Shuri and Namor, they're going through and they're going through the nice little sea current. Um, mm-hmm with the nice soothing music it's so beautiful like it's such a nice way to introduce a whole new world and yeah. uh does anyone want to talk about that real quick yeah no um i and also i, I want to since we're talking about telecon i also want to go back to Neymar real quick because i really love to uh to know she's Hareta's, um performance in this like he just he knocked out the park i haven't seen anything of his beforehand and stuff so when he was first cast i didn't i was like okay that's cool and like just seeing the uh, Mayan, I think it's Mayan actually, not Mesa American, but I think it's Mayan. I someone could correct us on on us, but like I'm just gonna go 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 with what's been said and stuff. So, but I just love the amount of culture that was just brought into it and stuff, and just like I and also that scene that you mentioned was just beautiful and stuff. And also, um, I really liked the scene beforehand. The montage that we get of the origin was was just incredible. Nay more, no more love. For the for the selfish world, yes. <sighs> just Great. yeah, no. It's just every. It's just and also like uh, there's like a certain song to that that um well oh, <laughs> so, certain song certain song to that. I, I I got it on me right now and stuff. But uh, it's it's really just freaking cool and stuff. And I just <sighs> the just the amount of effort that was put into it. And they did not and look, we've the already Congo had Brissa. a. Calabresa. The Calabresa. Thank you for that. Um, and just the mount just huh. I just fucking loved it. Just fucking loved everything about it. Um shout out to the production designer. Um I, I actually have her in my notes real quick. Um Hannah Be- yeah. um, Be- Hannah Beekler. Shout out to the production designer, Hannah Beekler. You, you you and your team did an amazing job on this. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, and what I lo- and to go back even a little bit further, well. And to go back even a little further, I do love the Boston stuff, especially the big fight scene mm-hmm. uh, in Boston. 
mm-hmm. uh, where it's on the bridge and it's very dangerous. Like her, like uh, Okie's battle uh, with uh, Autumn. Uh, I, I'm trying to pronounce the name. Uh, Autumn. Anyway, forgive me. Um, but anyway, like that fight is so visceral and so like the fight scenes in this are damn. Like they went really hard on the, they really went hard to make mm-hmm. sure the fight scenes absolutely, you know, were hard to watch. Like they, they're brutal. Like yeah, they, I know. And like, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I just want to, sorry, I just want to add on to that. Like, yeah, no, um, they were. And I like the all, how like the score just cuts. Oh, yeah. It's very Dark Knight Rises where like the, it's just the two, like, two massive opponents fighting each other and we just hear only sound effects mm-hmm. uh and it's great and what's even great is we forget like during like while the boston scene is so fun like they're eluding the police you know and mm-hmm. they're crossing that bridge and then bam it's like oh we forgot oh yeah we can't they can't be near water <laughs> Yeah, no, and like I and like it also kind of reminded me. I feel like this was also a play on the South Korea scene that we saw in the first movie, mm-hmm. where it kind of had like a similar vibe and like I mean, so I even remember even like similar music being like, okay, this is kind of similar and stuff. But then like, you know, it all changes once um, Ataman and uh, Namora come in and just just start wrecking shit, wrecking yeah, sh- wrecking yeah. shit. <laughs> You can say shit. It's okay. I know, no, I meant to say shit, but like it came out as ship, and it's like they're in the water. Well, they did wreck a ship, so I'll be here all week, folks. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, no, I and I really do like. I wish there. I do like the uh, MIT stuff. Like, even though it's funny. Um, Someone also pointed out that uh, that while that, that during this timeline there should be like a little MJ or something, but I'm glad I'm glad they're not here. I'm glad that MJ and Ned are they're 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 just on some other campus. Yeah, no, this is like this is a full blown like if we're saying like I think like because No Way Home and I think even Miss Marvel, I think they're like 2023, 2024. This is a full year, so this is like the 2025. Yes. So. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no, um, yeah, no, it's just, yeah, and that scene just overall just was just great. And also, um, I, I just, I love Dominique Thorne and just that proto Iron Man suit. Um, and also just, yeah, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, because, uh, yeah, uh, cause some people were really mentioning that about uh, Riri Williams, maybe that. Uh, perhaps they should have cut it out of the movie, but I have to say that I I really like her introduction in this movie, and I think the the reasoning behind them ha- trying to haunt her might might have been worked out maybe a little bit different, uh, maybe, but I do think I, I do think it was the right place to introduce her, and and now uh, we're getting to see her in her own show, and I'm very excited for it. Yeah, and I'll be honest, like, I thought, okay, she's going to have a show and stuff, but now, like, I've seen her in here, I'm like, yeah, I want to see her, I want to see her, and I think Dominique, uh, Dominique Thorne did an amazing job. I liked her chemistry with Letitia, and just the way they kind of played off each other, especially in that, like, montage bit towards the, towards the end. There's a montage bit, like, this end of the second act that I really like, 
that kind of detailed both the scientists as well as like the inventor side of both both of them and stuff. And I really liked, I also just liked how they played, played off each other. And I feel like it was also kind of nice that like, you know, Shuri did have a friend. Because let's be honest, she was dealing with some shit and like she needed like, and even though she went sideways, um, like Akoya was kind of right. She needs to kind of get out of that cave. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. That, and also it's great that Nikki is there to just like be moral support. Um, mm-hmm. And I do love like how, because this whole movie is very much like is very much building to the idea that uh, Namor, uh, Talakon and, or excuse me, Talakon and Wakanda really should be working together. They should be forming <clears throat> an alliance for the eventual, because the real, real antagonist, the real villain of the movie is the American government and the French government. Well, basically, whatever the governmental group that was in Falcon Winter Soldier that they don't even name in this movie, the GRC. Yes, they are basically the villain because they want mm. vibranium, and they just want they want it at, like in a way that a crack addict wants a wants its crack. Well, yeah, and also just you know history, mm-hmm. yes, and, and colonization and all that jazz. They want. I mean, they are even throwing the stabilization. Oh, Siri! Hey, Siri. Um, but any, but yeah, no, it's, uh, but no, so I do like that, that in the background, that's why the one reason why I'm like, I don't know if you can cut out Val in, um, Everett stuff because it's this backdrop of like, while these two, you know, forces that are like these two powerful forces that are very much, um, biop, very much biopic led, uh, that in the background, you know, their real enemies are fighting or joining or like planning to destabilize them. Like, yes. So to me, that I feel like, you know, I feel like that's the bigger conflict is, you know, while both of these people are, these two powers are angry, really Namor and Shuri are angry at each other. You know, the real, you know, that's the real like conflict in is that, you know, can these two powers ultimately, can they co- put aside their grief, their own vengeance, their own need of wrath to mm-hmm. form an alliance to where they can protect each other from us, from the Americans, even though the American card is not spelled correctly, <laughs> United States. I thought that was a, did anyone notice that in the council scene? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, you know, yes. something was off, and like, I just was like, okay, they're really trying to hide the fact that it's like, like the Americans. But then, even, 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 even like, Ramonda was like, yeah, I'm not worried about the Americans. But then again, also, like, just when Val throws out words like destabilization and stuff, and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, uh, yeah, they, they really tried a lot to maybe hide it a little bit, but you know, we know, we know who they're talking about. We know who the real villains are. Yeah, and I agree that it, it, it was a little bit jarring sometimes when it, between the scenes uh, with Shuri and Namor because uh, they, were, they were kind of in this conflict between Wakanda and, and Talakan 
but you're always on the back of, of your mind. You're always thinking like, you know, this this uh, this conflict shouldn't really be happening because you, you guys have a, a common enemy that should be, you probably should just make an alliance and fight this common enemy that you're having right now. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, like this is what Shuri's battle is on the desert or the desert beach. This is mm-hmm. the equivalent of T'Challa's battle with uh, M'Baku uh, in the first Black Panther. Like this is her challenge to earn the right of black panther this is her mm-hmm. it's even though it's you know to, for t'challa it was low stakes well you know you become the king or not but for shuri it's you know it's an emotional one it's you know there's way more stakes stacked up against it like mm-hmm. if she loses this challenge she will lose you know the alliance she will lose you know herself she will lose everything what wakanda is to you know what wakanda was trying to be she will lose her brother's legacy she will lose every, her mother's legacy everything yeah. so that's the to me like watching it the second time i'm like oh my god this is her fight this is her challenge for the throne to maintain the to keep the throne yeah and I also kind of see it as a bit more on like a play of like civil war, actually, for example, because I think about this line, vengeance has consumed you uh, and it's consuming them. I'm done letting it consume me. And that was pretty much what she was going through on that beach was that she said she was going through like what um, T'Challa was going through when in civil war, when he decided not to kill Zemo. Yeah. And stuff, and I, I see it more as the, like that, but I do agree with you on like the whole fight to like get the right as Black Panther and stuff. Because throughout the movie, like she does not want to, she does not want to deal with it. This killed my brother. I'm not touching with a ten foot pole. But then when she sees that her people need it, you know, you have to kind of rise to it. Absolutely. And and speaking on that, I do want to say like one arc in this movie that I really appreciated relating to Shuri that um, it's like of it in the first book Panther, where she's kind of like anti-traditionalist where she doesn't want to wear the dress and stuff and then here we get to see like her go from full traditionalist only believe I kind of believe believing in science not really believing in like with her being able to recreate the heart-shaped earth just have to kind of embrace tradition in the sense that he's um, taking this like um, like bracelet that is like very rooted in well it's not Wakandan culture but it's it's rooted vibranium. in a, it's very vibranium it's rooted in vibranium but it has like a cultural um, specific it's, like it's, 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 it's very it's it's important to Talakon and like her kind of like embracing tradition and culture in order to achieve that as well as like by the end of the movie when she burns her funeral garb that's her like fully embracing the culture as well like i i thought that was pretty brilliant and then like kind of um i liked the inclusion of uh killmonger in the uh, ancestral plane mm-hmm. scene where it kind of sets up that um thematic um about letting vengeance consume you it kind of yeah Mm -hmm. like tease it up perfectly and it's a nice subversion where you're expecting her to unite with Ramonda or maybe see like 
um, her father, T'Chaka, or maybe even see T'Challa. You know, like you're expecting her to see her fam. Well, he is her family, but you're expecting her to see her immediate family and then for it to be Killmonger. And then for him to bring up that, like kind of poke holes in her and like kind of point out like what her her state is and how she's vulnerable to being consumed by vengeance. Like I thought that was all brilliant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I really like that scene as well. And just, just obviously seeing Michael B. Jordan again, which was awesome and great, but just her, like, just, you know, her response and stuff. And the fact that she's like shooken up to seeing, like, I was not expecting this guy to like make an appearance. But at the same time though, that's that was her state of mind. She wanted vengeance. She wanted revenge. Not only just for what what uh, Namor Namor did for Namor did to is it Namor or Namor I think it's Namor I'm I'm just gonna go with Namor Namor did to Wakanda but also the fact that like he caused you know uh, Ramonda's death and stuff and just yeah no I I really like that scene and I just feel like it just completely like encapsulate her state of mind and stuff. Yeah, in that that way, I did like Michael B. Jordan's cameo in in this movie. I do think it worked. I do think it worked really well, and it really make a point of what Shuri, why Shuri really decided to, first of all, take the Black Panther mantle at the very beginning, uh, because she wanted vengeance to, uh, uh, you know, to avenge the queen, and in that way, uh, it it felt kind of a wake up call for her in that very moment, even from the very beginning. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so, and I'm also, I'm very glad that they didn't kill no more at the end. Mm. Cause I mean, he, he's such an interesting character and I, I, and I, I think they showed enough of, of Talcan for to kind of hook, hook us up to the future. trying to see, uh, maybe try to see it again. And and yeah, I really, I, I really liked and how her journey, Shuri's journey, kind of ended up in the same moment as T'Challa, where she realizes that that the that the Black Panther mantle really means so much to so many people from Wakanda, and it it wasn't really about fighting or about getting vengeance, but about protecting her people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I 1,000% agree with Alfie on that. And also, I'm just, look, I'm very curious to see if the more is going to be, I don't know if he will be, but I'm very curious to see if he's going to be an FF and Fantastic Four, because, uh, Ray Richards, you might. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to oh, see, I'm gonna have to see who I, gets cast at Reed Richards, because... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, oh, oh, lord, oh, lord. <laughs> wait, wait, what are we talking about? The what casting? No, no, no. It's just I was just making a whole thing about like, you know, you know how like in the comics there's like a whole thing between Sue Storm and Namor. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> speaking of that, I thought there was a little. Speaking of that, I thought there was kind of a little lo- like love thing going between. Uh, Namor and Shuri. Like I felt like they had really good chemistry. There was until he killed until he killed the queen. That's I mean a... what you yeah, kill Angela? I think if What's... there was any, I think it's dead. Yeah. 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 Once you kill <laughs> Angela Bassett, it's a 
Maybe, yeah, but I mean, we've seen Kylo Ren do a whole bunch what? of stuff. No, no, no. And okay, the two months still too soon for everybody. Still too, I, low too I, soon. I, I, you're giving me the side eye. I'm giving you the side eye so I can walk for a toxic relationship but uh like i mean but like come on like the chemistry's there so i mean the chemistry's there but also i don't see it because we literally get a whole scene where like uh namora is like hey why she like like not kill her and stuff and then like namora is like well you know they're gonna need us and also, let, let's be honest, and I don't know if a lot of people are actually known to this or not, but uh, Namor's kind of a dick. Like, he well, is not Aquaman. Well, yeah, I he, mean... he is a dick. I mean, he is, but I mean, look, we still had we had Tony Stark for like 11 years as a dick, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. He's not a Tony Stark level dick. Tony Stark level dick you can actually like. He is like, you're kind of borderline unlikable. Okay, fair enough. But so, I do I do think he is kind of I do think it is funny that he's drawing like the legend of their fight on the wall. Like it, it's a way of like, you know, to remember her by or whatever. So it is it is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. It doesn't match with the fairy tale the fairy yeah. motif a bit, but I just I think the way I kind of see it is that like they're going to need us and it's kind of like I don't know. There's a, there's a little scheme for me. Oh yeah. So one thing I think is a little about the idea of like the U.S. being able to do anything against Wakanda is that the way that like, what Wakanda is kind of built built up as in the MCU, like in the MCU, like it's just like oh that's what and just flip that away, you know, like of like these other countries. Together, like I'm like, believe I don't, I don't see like a threat to Wakanda. That well, sense. I mean, but that doesn't mean. Look, let's be honest. They're they're that doesn't mean they're not going to try. Oh and, no, I'm not saying they wouldn't try, but I'm saying like I don't that going well for. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's definitely not going to go well. And honestly, if I had to make a prediction about Thunderbolts. Is when they're like, um, you have vibranium, we have a Hulk. That's my yeah. main prediction going in. Played um, by Harrison Ford. Played by like Harrison if, Ford. If, like, is Loki about trying to get you a Wakanda coup or whatever? Like, Bucky's not going to go along with that. They, like, they took him in when he was 
I, like help <laughs> basically undo all the you know so like i feel like he would like uh, and like they're kind of setting him up where he's going to be like the de facto like, rick flag of the group i feel like that's not going to go well for even within that movie so we'll yeah see. yeah i know and like i can already kind of see like a um like a kind of rick flag turn like a rick flag turn where he uh similar to like what happened in james Gunn's suicide squad where he's like uh yeah no fuck this shit Mm-hmm. I'm on the I'm on the other side, and I can imagine that probably also happening for like three fourths of the characters. So yeah, yeah, I don't see any of wanting to go along with that. At least like from of who's on that roster, but like other than that, I don't know who else. But then again, also like knowing who we know now know as the president, I'm thinking about that scene where um where Val and Ross are talking with like the two general. Or like he's talking about like the general and the senator and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking like no knowing who's the president and stuff, I would not be surprised if he's like, I probably sh- it's just and honestly we really need to kind of I'm really hoping Thunderbolts also kind of clarifies on where we are with Ross because it's been honestly a while since we've seen him, and and stuff and we don't really know what his perspective is on like the Hulk and whether or not he's had a turn. Um, or rather not he's had a turn, especially you know, given the whole popularity and stuff, because you know, the Hulk was like a pop, you know, was essentially like a popular thing throughout the not really the entire MCU, but just you know, it was an entire it was a popular thing and stuff. So like you know, he might have had a turn and stuff. I don't know. They 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 need to kind of clarify on that, but like the the they they will. They will. They they will. I trust they will. Well, my kind of interpretation now knowing that Harrison Ford will play Thunderbolt Ross and a Red Hulk is that that makes sense for Thunderbolt Ross. He's always wanted like the Hulk, like DNA. He's always wanted it to make Hulk Hulk soldiers he can control. And uh, so it makes sense for me that, you know, okay, he'll probably do it for himself to avoid having heart attacks or avoid, you know, having like dealing with all the things that come with old age. Uh, so that, that so for me, it makes sense like he would become the Red Hulk and be a villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why to me, not to go on a tangent, but that's why like for me, it's always like weird that Bruce Banner wasn't in Civil War is because like that would have been like an interesting, like that would have made things even more interesting, but I don't write these movies, so um but yeah no so for wakanda forever like what else is there to say oh, what was the pin we had earlier what was that pin we had oh was oh, it mbaku yes okay who had the mbaku who wanted to talk mbaku uh okay david go i'm just gonna say my impression i friends and we all kind of believed that it seemed like the end result was that Black Panther, Mbaku is king because to the he's not coming. So, and then he said, the scene is really weird where it just kind of cuts away after he says, I'm going to, he, he says he's going to take the challenge. It doesn't know any of the aftermath of that, weirdly. Like, that's one of the things that's kind of weird about, like, the ending uh, for that portion. Like, it, it doesn't 
much clarity to what happened. But like uh, the question was that okay, so Mbaku is king now, I guess. Yeah. Now, no, if like, he was Chav. Yeah, no, I I sort of see that as seen as more of a like, hey, you know, um, so the queen sends her regards, um, but as of right now, I'm gonna be the interim interim king, or rather, just the in or just the in interim. In interim king for the time being and stuff and i didn't really see that as like an ending thing i more or less see that like as a kind of a jokey bit yeah i agree i i took the same thing that i do think that shuri is probably still the queen but probably just like you know like in title and she because she is the black panther now and she's really what she's gonna focus on of course she's in charge of all the technology advancements on wakanda so she's gonna be still like going you know, overseeing all of that. Um, so uh, it might be just a beginning of the, you know, of, of a bigger alliance between all the factions in Wakanda as one, you know, like one sole government uh, between them. And maybe, you know, between now, between Shuri and Mbaku, like running it together. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yeah, I did like it. And it is kind of like a nice, like, tip of the head of like, oh yeah, we still have the tribute scene we still have a tribute here so um and then also i just want to kind of like say i love the very ending of the movie uh where it is where she does go to uh where she does go to uh heishi and 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 meet with uh nakia and they have the and he and have this beautiful like little ceremony and it's just for the second time in the movie i love like how silence is just used you know through mm -hmm. a, for the two times in the movie one in the beginning and one in the end as a way of symbolizing you know both death but also bringing it full circle to represent basically acceptance mm -hmm. uh and I, I genuinely love it it's so touching and moving and I think uh, was it you, David, that kind of brought up that you know you loved how the garb kind of represented like the, going back to a tradition for her. And I love that you know she finally just accepts you know everything that's happened and just give and we end the biggest move one of the biggest movies of the year with our main character in tears <laughs> of acceptance. I, in, it's a small, very powerful moment. You know, when I walked out of the theater, I had all my complaints in, in the forefront of my mind. But when I went to bed and woke up the next morning, um, and I think I told you this, Alfie, was that, you know, when I woke up, I still woke up like with tears in my eyes, still thinking about the beginning and the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like oh, those yes, are the... Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I felt kind of the same. And what I really love about the ending is when we see Nakia and her child and Nakia is mm -hmm. kind of explaining to Shuri why uh, they're not in Wakanda, why she's she's not there with her child. Uh, and that she mentions that um, she kind of, uh, what her and T'Challa wanted her to kind of have, uh, for him to have this, uh, to have a normal life to you know to kind of just be a child and uh, i like that she mentioned that they had their own special ceremony uh when he passed 
and kind of like grieving together. Because if you see, you know, previously uh, in civil war, for example, you can see that that kind of same relationship between T'Challa and T'Shaka that, of course, T'Shaka is the king, but to T'Challa, he, he's, he's, of course, more than that. He, like, he, this, is, this is my dad. And, and he, um, so he, he, there is this, of course, strong, a lot stronger bond than just being the king. And even it, there was a little joke in, in Wakanda Forever where uh, Shuri is talking to, to the queen and she hangs up on her, uh, hangs up on her and Michaela Cole says, oh, like, oh, you just hang up on the queen. And she says, I hang, I, I hang up on my mom and that's very different. And you can see there that they had a very, um, a very close relationship in that way as a normal family between the queen and T'Shaka and uh, Shuri and T'Challa. That they were really just a, a just a regular family, and that it makes sense that the Shala would want the same to be with her, with his family, with um, Nakia and his child. Yeah, which I okay. I'm actually going to make a huge confession on this, um, and this is actually something that I don't think I've even talked about, not even on my own podcast. Um, so I actually learned about the T'Challa. The well, I'm going to call him T'Challa Junior for now. Hey. Um, I learned about this a year ago. Like dating back to December twenty, December twenty twenty, two thousand twenty one. I'm actually going to give credit to uh, Lizzie Hill of the Cosmic Circus for reporting on this, and no one else covered this. Not even the major publications. So like, so like, yeah, I've known about this for a year. But the scene was still very much impactful and just put me to tears and stuff. So, yeah. If uh, aside from the reporting, I mean, it's I think it would. I just don't think it would have made the trades because I think they were trying to keep a lid on that so much. Yeah, no, no, um, they definitely would have been a lid. But I'm just surprised like none of the other scoopers got got a hold of it or anything like that. And I'm just, I don't know, I just. It's just something that I was just very shocked by and stuff, but I, but that scene overall is just beautiful. And I love just the, and I just, I, I just loved it. And then also like, I just, like, I'm very happy that like when Shuri is like, did my mom get to meet him? And it's like, yes. And stuff. And I just, yeah. And I love that, you know, we have a post credit scene that just ends like it doesn't end in setting up the next phase. It doesn't end setting up the next movie. There's not a, you know, there's not a Scott Lang, you know, coming up to Shuri and Nakia going, okay, you know, we got to, hey, we got to set up, I got to fight this Kang guy. You know, there's not that. It ends on this emotional, truthful moment mm-hmm. that, you know, gives, um, that, like, just leaves the movie in the exact way it wants you to. Like, there's no, there's no getting away from the, the, the emotion of it like you can't like to have and to allow people to have an escape uh after that would have been i think i think it would have been uh i I think it would have been terrible so to end it on that moment it's a pretty good uh in credit scene even though i'm almost positive the one with ross and okay in midnight angel form was originally the post credit scene i i I do think 
No, David, go. Okay, go. okay, David, go. Okay, I I just want to touch on the post credit scene really. Um, I I like both of this and the original Black Panther, like the Bucky scene, not including the Bucky one. We'll ignore that for now. Um, post credit scene to the revealing Wakanda, and then here we have the thing with the sun. Like both of them, like the actual ending and the post credit scene as the film kind of like it's kind of like an uh like almost a little epilogue and like mm-hmm. i think especially with if you had had like a, a, a post-credit scene that was like a sequel set up like teaser type thing it would have felt really disingenuous and almost like disrespectful to the fact that your movie is hitting this movie to chadwick Boseman. oh hey like that would have felt like so, I'm glad they went for a similar with this post. It's like kind of what they did with the, the film. Yeah, because I thought at the end of this movie, like we would at least have. I don't know what to what was I expecting, but I mean, I felt like it would be kind of really off kilter and off like balance if we were like introducing like. And here's this guy, Victor Von Doom, you know, picking, you know, who also knows how to find vibranium or whatever. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. And also, I want to add back on the... So, again, I mentioned earlier how I kind of knew about this for a year, mainly due to the cosmic quarry. They also kind of mentioned something that I really found very interesting. So, I know Nate Moore has publicly said, like, hey, there was no Dr. Doom. This was never in the cards. And I do believe that, and I do genuinely believe that, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was at least something about that. And I mainly go back to back to that article reporting because that article reporting stated who the identity, uh, who Lake Bell character was. And Lake Bell character was was apparently um, a character named Luisha uh, Von Bardis, who in the comics is kind of like an associate of Dr. Doom. And in the movie, and I, again, I've seen this movie twice, so I know this for a fact, they never mention her name, and in the credits, she's just labeled Dr. Graham. Oh, like Dr. Bell's Graham? character? Sorry. Yeah, like Bell's character. They just title her as Dr. Graham, so it's just a very generic name. And they don't mention her name throughout any of the scenes, her scenes. Yeah. So, well, so she I, died, as, as far as we know. As far as we know. So is this the one that was, like, on the... Um, the I don't know the On water the thing where mm-hmm. where Namor where they did it yeah she basically she got she basically got cartoon tossed like you know mm-hmm. like okay. cartoonishly tossed like by Namor into yeah the that, that was that was funny <laughs> it is funny watching feel, it the second I time. think she might be alive I think she might be alive the the, the helicopter door she, one of them did kind of break that helicopter door yeah. And so, so there's a very slim chance, but there is a chance. Also, I got to give like Ryan Coogle credit a more seriously. Like the move, like, like it's kind of a tendency in a lot of the MCU movies recently. Like, take kind of take the piss out of the villain and make or what? Like, and like they never did it with name, like joking about his uh, wings, feet, or anything like that. Like he was legitimately. Can, like he was a really compelling character. They never undercut anything about him throughout the whole movie. He's never the butt of a joke. 
or anything like that. And I, I love that so much. Hell, he even makes jokes. Although I know that when you kind of think about it, it's kind of actually really dark. Like, for example, there's like that bit where he's like, or oh, you can take one of our suits. And then she gets in one of the suits and then I'm like, Wait, they stole that from the Amer. They stole that from the uh, the American. Oh god! Oh god! Um, Sherry, make sure that suit's clean beforehand. <laughs> just, just double check it. Yeah. Hey, if you never know. Um, it, <laughs> no, maybe I mean, they clean it out. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I'm just saying. But that was very nice of her them to like let them borrow a suit. Let her borrow a suit. It's very nice. It's very nice, but where did you get the suit from is the main question. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but no, I mean... uh, Funny, when I got in it, they're like, huh, has it been used? It's washed? This smells a little weird. This smells Uh, (laughs) EO. No, that's the deleted scene. Um, (laughs) That's what they cut out of the movie. Uh, No, so to... But no, I mean, uh, to know to, to Hotera? Is that what it is? To know Tanuk Hotera? Or to know Hotera? To know Hotera. Okay, thank you. Um, I do love his performance. I do think he really does, is a, he really is a star here. Not only, not only is he bringing the charisma that I mentioned earlier, but he's bringing menace and he's bringing empathy and he's bringing i mean sorrow i mean this is a character that really wanted more of an alliance with wakanda another nation that has vibranium mm-hmm. and he feels betrayed like when he sees his people like on the floor dead and and of course you have a more uh, namora on you know kind of playing like the devil's ear being like mm-hmm. you know just you know laying it very thick Mm-hmm. like the you know the anger and fear so i do love uh all of that stuff and i love his performance um i i do i do think it is crazy that uh he's been in like a million different movies or projects and they were like in introducing <laughs> this guy that was kind of like marvel he's well, he's been like in- i i I, I, I want to push back on that real quick because I imagine that this is probably this is the first time like any American audiences has seen him in besides like Narcos Mexico and stuff like that and like like for example I didn't know who he was beforehand. Oh, I, same. But I mean, when I looked at his like filmography, I was like, oh no, I've seen him in stuff. Like he, I've seen him in Sinumbre. I've seen him in other things. So he's been in like bunch of others he's been in a, but it was just kind of like a silly thing to be like because you would think like dominic throne or someone like that would probably you know have a more um you know, more introducing but whatever i mean that, i mean you do bring up you, i mean you do bring up a good point and stuff and i'm actually looking through his filmography as we're talking right now and there are stuff that i'm like oh he's been in this he's been in that and stuff but I, yeah, and I, I, I see where you're coming from. But I imagine to a lot of like mainstream audiences who maybe who just to a lot, just your average, your average Jane or Joe, Jane or Joe Foster who like coming on the street watching this movie, they're like, oh, okay, and stuff. Yes. But yeah, no. But I do see where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, some other things. 
what else is there anything else we can talk about like any like themes or anything else that we want to talk about for uh, I, do, I, oh, I, oh. I do have some thoughts there about Talcam because there's a when, when it comes to the construction of, of the city because it does look like one of the Mayan lost cities that uh, all, all over Mexico and Central America. And so I do shout out to the production designers on this one. Um, I believe that the, the same ones as the first one, which uh, of course they also did an incredible job building Wakanda as well. And what I loved about Talcan and, and the people is that um, Namor was really the only one who, who spoke English in the movie. And he only did it when he was speaking with, uh, with Shuri and, well, anyone else from Wakanda. And even everybody else in the movie, when they interacted with, with Okoye, for example, was speaking to her in Mayan as well. And, and of course, Namor does speak English because um, he's the leader. He is really making all the connections and communications with the world. So that makes sense. But I really love that, that, uh, with all the other characters were just speaking in Mayan. And I love that he mentioned that um, about the fact, the whole, uh, my favorite part of the movie was really the whole backstory from Namor and mm. uh, his civilization, because something that, um, that this movie has that I, have, I haven't felt in most of Marvel movies is that this one does feel like it takes place in this world like where we're at right now and mm-hmm. uh, while while the other ones don't really they do really feel like you know they're in this marvel universe fantasy uh, marvel universe and but at the same time um i think you mentioned that josh earlier that it does feel like a like a fantasy when it comes to coming uh, with shuri to down to Dalkan and this beautiful place that exists far from the public's eye and it reminded me as well for just to name an example maybe something like Pan's Labyrinth for example Mm. that it said um, it is of course a fantasy movie but it's also said within this war and this real world and it just kind of this fantasy and real world colliding together beautifully and and I understand the rage that Namor is feeling because he has been working so hard for centuries, keeping Talokan hidden so people wouldn't be trying to get the resources, just like what happened with when they were, what happened to his civilization when they were above water. And so I do feel that he, his rage was very, very well handled and they really um, gave a very good reason why he would feel that way and why he did what he did. Yeah, and I, I even, and because of that rage, and because of that, just like he really wants to protect his people, like that's the reason why I teeter on him being like both a villain as well as an anti-hero. Because on one hand, like, uh, like one hand, the main reason why I'm saying like villain is because well, you just it, it's it's you don't kill off the queen. I'm sorry, it's just, and it's not that I have an issue with it or anything. I actually do think it works, but it just. You know, Queen Ramonda is Queen Ramonda, and it's Angela Bassett. Oh, I agree. I agree. Like, uh, like you don't you don't just go and kill Angela Bassett and just pretend like nothing happened. 
yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I think that's why if there was I that's why I think if there was any chemi like any romantic chemistry between Shuri and Namor, that's that's dead, guys. I mean, I even if it happens, I think we would be thinking like, you know, he kind of killed your mom. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, and that's yeah, and that's the main reason why for me as well. But also just the anti-hero thing, it's just that he really does want to just protect the people. And I just am like one one thousand percent with that. So that's the reason why like I teeter on him and stuff. And I think also his performance is charismatic but also sympathetic enough to where like, you know, you do feel for the guy. You do feel for the guy and stuff. And also, like, and also, by the way, I, I want to go back to just one scene involving Angela Bassett where they're kind of on the beach. Like just and not the, and not the first thing with um him and uh with like him Letitia and Angela but like the scene between him and um Angela like holy smokes like that is not an easy feat to go up against Angela Bassett which by the way um do we um transition over to her real quick yeah I, go ahead I I, I want to give I want to give Angela some love so because like she did an amazing job. Um, just her first scene alone was like, like I remember in the first screen, I was like, yes, tell him off, and just, just, just her like, just her like scolding, being like, you motherfuckers, just and just she looks at both, she both looks at the French and the Americans. I'm just like, and just like, just lay waste, lay waste, and then just everything else, like her relationship with Shuri in this one, and just. Although just her scene with Akoye, which as much as I like, I enjoy that scene, but also like I was like, she didn't mean to. It just it wasn't her fault, and like I just I just want I just was like, but at the same time though, I was like I understand where she's coming from, but like I just, and then just you know the last scenes with her and stuff, and also you know I like apparently like initially and i actually just read about this today actually like initially she was like i, I don't the ryan like i don't know if we should kill her off and it's like well you know there is also the ancestral plane so you can't come back and stuff but i always thought it was gonna be like um like just like it was always gonna be like one of those where it's like oh wow that's that that's rough like i didn't expect that to be honest I, I didn't either, because um, I thought throughout the whole sequence, I thought, well, there's no way they're going to ki uh, kill Queen Ramonda. There's no way. And then it actually happens. It's just, it, it is a bit, a, a bit shocking. And I do love the shot that when uh, Queen Ramonda leaps into the water and you can see her underwater try to save Riri. Mm -hmm. I, it's incredible. I love that shot in the movie. Mm -hmm. And she goes out just trying to save trying to save like i just i just think about that like one scene where she's where just she's trying to just save riri and stuff and i just i'm like that that's a way to go out and like i just salute to the queen just <laughs> yeah she's, she's a real queen on screen and off screen yes indeed yes indeed and to piggyback off of okay or deny ganera's character um performance i mean she's fantastic you uh -huh. mentioned josh that scene where they're both just going at it like she's emotional about being stripped of the title but i mean angela bassett i mean way to bring you know that all back you know that you know okay chose i mean she chose her like she chose to stay because it was her oath and her uh -huh. oath meant something 
but just putting throwing that back at her angela bassett's like just ramana just throwing that back at her you stood by killmonger as he like you know as he was destroying our our city and you know and now my daughter is gone i don't even i have to now go find her you know it, like all of that's like that that is such a powerful scene between two characters and like the one council member that's like aren't you being hasty like we can she we don't know if the and that one council member just did not did not know <laughs> uh it, it's a powerful scene like i love it and it's again this idea that grief really clouds our judgment it clouds mm-hmm. all logic and rational judgment because the logical way would be to send okay and then one of the other dharma uh guards, guards mm-hmm. uh to go find you know find her but all you know logic is out the window when ramonda has lost everything in that moment like she feels like she is literally this is it like like i have lost my daughter i've lost my father also yeah this poor family has lost everything in like a matter of like less than a decade yeah and like just shit just yeah yeah um shuri needs a really good therapist yeah, Ramonda needed a good therapist, you know, um, in that after that moment. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's just oh, it's heartbreaking. It's it's um, again, but again, it, it goes to the theme of like how grief and how emotions cloud all judgment when you when you feel like you've lost everything, and the only way to get a sense of that is to realize no you're not alone you have family still in the midst of tragedy which is what going back to the postcard scene mm-hmm. so i do so yes i do love that um trying i to love yeah, i, I love ahead. her line yeah, when she's talking to okoye where she says that uh her family now her entire family's gone and she asks uh like how haven't i uh given everything to wakanda and then she uh, and then she dies uh, trying to uh, save someone and you and you can tell even coming back to that line that that she really gave everything for Wakanda and then she even ends up giving her life as well and it's really what um, you know if in the future maybe we have any scenes with her in the astral plane I'm sure that will bring that back on how she she really uh, how Wakanda was everything to her and that she uh, might have wanted it that way for her to give her life for for her for her mm-hmm. for her land. Yeah, and also like she saved someone that isn't necessarily even from Wakanda. She just no. saves yeah exactly so, yeah and just yeah no she she yeah just salute. I'm gonna be a lot of salute to say, but like they deserve it. Uh yeah and. Yeah, I do like the final note. I final notes I will say is I do love like Shuri building, you know, like b- basically building out her plan and even going like waking up from the astral plane, which that scene is fantastic with everything like burning. Like it's so perfect of like in uh of Killmonger just to be like, I'm surrounded by fire, I'm burning everything, you know, and then for her to like pick up you know 
the the Black Panther helmet and everything. I mean, all that stuff is like like iconic, like just instant iconography mm-hmm. of her. And and yeah, I know there's a shot from the comics of like her picking up the mask, and mm-hmm. it's recreated here, but instantly like from a film perspective it's instant iconography of how mm-hmm. she picks up that mask and then we cut to her landing in in um jambaku is that the land of M- that, that jabari land jabari land okay uh but yes but yeah i was very much like all of that especially with ludwig Gortz's music which Mm. Oh, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Ludwig. Oh my God, Lud- Ludwig. Mm. Oh, Ludwig. Excuse me. Uh, Ludwig Gorson. Uh, Lud- yeah, no, his score. Oh. His score was honestly just, and I've been listening to it on the side. It just, like, just it just was so freaking good. And I love the um, introductions of I don't. Someone's gonna have to correct me on the on the artists that he's able to get, but like just the amount of like collaborations he's done with multiple artists artists and stuff and just I also really just like the main score where it's like and then it just and then it goes into the theme theme and stuff it's like a very big huge slow build and stuff and I'm just Ludwig y'all this this means this means just mm. I mean he's working on so many projects now yeah Uh, he's in a keynote he's he's booked and rightfully so because he I I think um, of course, he he. Of course, he won the Oscar for the first Black Panther, and rightfully so. And I love that he uses uh, coming from the first one uh, that he used a lot of African instruments in the score, and now uh, coming into this one, incorporating that with as well with some Mesoamerican instruments and music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it was great. Um, I thought it was it is an it has an incredible score. And of course, he's worked with now. Uh, he scored the Mandalorian and Tenet, and uh, I mean, he he is incredible, and he I think he knocks it out of the park every time. Mm-hmm. What about you, David? Oh, I love Ludwig. Uh, give me a Ludwig. You can score everything. Um, uh, you'll you'll have have to. We'll we'll accept you. You, Hans Zimmer, John Williams, um, Howard Shore. Uh, maybe a few other. Well, we'll take Justin Her with, uh, like, oh my, um, who, uh, what is the other one? Uh, he scored, he scored Andor and Jenkins. Nicholas Bertel. Uh, Nicholas Bertel. Give us Nicholas Bertel too. We'll, we'll take the, we'll take all them. Yeah, I mean, score. I love how he used a lot of the motifs from this one, as well as. Uh, new themes for like Namor and the Talacan Talacani. I, I guess that's what you would call <laughs> Talacans, I think. Um uh, but yeah, no, you're right. And if you if anyone stayed through the end credits after the post credits and you hear just like the little bit of like the Wakanda theme just keep building and building and building like as it like builds an instrumental like I was listening to that like and I was like that is incredible like he woven this like very mellow very like one instrumental theme and then grew it instrument by instrument to it crescendoing to the Wakanda theme so like I don't know like he like again Ludwig Gorenson I mean he knocks it out of the park Um, and also I and also I also wanted to mention because uh when Rihanna's song came out like a couple of days before the movie came out. 
and every and everyone's like, you know, this I I don't think this some kind of works or something like that, or it's just uh you know it's too much of a ballad. But that needle drop between that very last scene with Shuri, uh, her the tear coming off her cheek and her the sun on her face and then kind of fading away to her song. It was that that was an incredible needle drop. It was great. I okay. So full disclaimer on this, I actually avoided listening to the song for about like a few weeks. Um, like and which was really hard to do. So the first time I ever heard it was in the movie itself, and I was like, "Yeah, this 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 works. This works." I can definitely understand why that was a bit of an issue for some people, especially like outside of the movie. I actually think "Born Again" kind of works more outside of the movie. Um, but like, uh, which is the second song that was used? I think it's in use in the end credits. In the end credits, yes. After the Wakanda theme, yes. So. It's so I, I definitely do, but I do think that particular theme worked, especially for, especially especially for the mid credits and stuff, and just just where we end off on, and the mid credits scene before everything else, before we get the mid credits scene, and then just everything else, just just fucking good. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else we need to mention for Wakanda Forever? I I mean I could go on about this movie. I haven't even talked about the editing or um Adam Durald Arpaka, I believe. Arpaka cinematography on this. All great, by the way. Like it's all great. And even co-edited by Jennifer Lame, who did Nolan's last movie, Tenet. So mm-hmm. like Kugler really brought out and brought all like went all out for this movie. So yeah. Yeah. No, and rightfully so. Like the, again, I just I need to commend like Ryan Coogler and just anyone who worked on this movie worked on this movie. Just y'all did uh, y'all did a great job. Y'all did the Lord's work essentially. Uh, Nicole Kevin Smith and stuff, and just y'all y'all did a great job on this. And I just, I commend you. I know this probably wasn't easy, just given the circumstances no. and stuff. But like y- y'all get. Y'all get another salute. And no, I do not have a corona on me. Um oh wait, that, that that's for the other franchise. That that's the, the other, other that's that's the other franchise. That's for the other franchise that lost an actor halfway through production. So Oh, okay. I didn't mean it like that. I just was just mentioning Ouch. like just as that that's dark, man. That is Okay, true. fair. Okay. I didn't mean it as a joke, but like I was like, "Wow, there's a lot of that's there's a lot of similarities there." Wow. Um. Well, side eye, it's fine. Okay. Well, okay. While Josh is giving me side eye, uh, that you guys no, can't uh, see. No, no, no. I'm not giving you side eye. I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, all right. I'm... You f- you fell into a trap that you didn't know that was a trap, and I accidentally created that. I accidentally created. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I felt like I was like just like there was like a trap door under me and then I real and then I realized that it was a trap door and it was like oop and then I just continued going down because you're not entirely wrong, but like also like Jesus Christ man. I do this embar- to embarrassing levels as David can attest. Um uh so uh okay, so getting back on track, um <laughs> No, like the movie is fantastic. I really 
I mean, I have turned, I've turned a little bit of a corner. I gave like three out of five when I first because I was still like in the mood of like this is really messy. And I do get some of the criticisms. I mean, this is kind of like Iron Man. This is structurally the same as Iron Man two. Uh, and then you have the Speaking Thor. Of, oh, go ahead. Thor: The Dark World with like the they come in, kill the mom, and then you have like she recreates the heart shaper of like him recreating the elements. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a best of of like the worst sequels of from our or the least loved sequels of the MCU. But, um, but I mean, I I feel like Coogler did the best. I think he did a really good job. I think, especially considering losing an actor, rewriting the script, not having enough time to rewrite the script, then, you know, having an accident like six to eight weeks in production that delayed it for a whole six months and then having to jump back in while also doing the reshoots of the six to eight weeks that you... Yes, it, he, he was doing so much. At, even if you watch some of the interviews that he's been doing for, for the press junket, there are some of them are like, oh, my... My dude is exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I know. And also, like, and uh, sorry to interrupt you, Alfie, but also, the man got the cops called on him while he was at the bank. Yes, oh, yes. About that. yes, that's right. Yes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, there is this Also, to like add on to all of that, like, he's also following up one of the biggest movies of all time like financially so like it's his the fourth pressure movie. of that yeah and it's his only his fourth movie so the pressure of that on top of everything else like it's a miracle that this movie is, a, is as good as it is like and it just goes it attests to ryan coogler's like ability and uh as a filmmaker like props to him man he's had like an amazing streak of all four of his movies are bangers yeah and like i'm <laughs> I'm I'm just hoping that now that the movie's on so he gets rest. Like like if Feige wants to offer him secret wars, fine. But like at this point, I just want my man to get some rest. Cause I was look I was listening to I like, agree. I, yeah. And I highly recommend people actually check this out. There's a podcast interview that Tanashi uh I think it's the same Tanashi, uh Tanashi Coates did with him and stuff. And the man just sounded exhausted and just and I think this was during the editing process, by the way, and just and also just, you know, you know, we always think of Chadwick as just like this really big actor, but to them, he, he was a friend, he was a colleague. And so, well, so, yeah. Well, and I know when Dave and I did the, the Five Bloods episode, because we did that episode after uh, Chadwick Boseman's passing, um, when we did that, and what I'll reiterate here is, I mean, everyone loved Bozeman, either as an actor, as you know, as like you and all four of us do, or on set as a person, like as the person there, as their coworker, as their friend. So it was way more emotional for them to go back to work and have that experience again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, to go through with this production and have to like just go through the work I mean I don't blame anyone and, and you're right I mean even you say you know watch interviews I've li- I've read interviews where I mean Googler just can't even like stand still during interviews because he's so like he's still like in 
like battle mode. Like he's still in mm-hmm. like fight or flight mode of trying to finish the movie. And now he's trying to promote the movie in fight or flight mode. So mm-hmm. yeah, he does deserve a rest. I mean, I'm sure whatever I'm sure his secret wars would be interesting, but mm-hmm. I'd much rather see a Ryan I, I either might rather give him the time to rest, but also give the man like just give him an actual movie, like <laughs> not not like that, but give him like an actual like get, let him make us another smaller movie. You know, before he was supposed to do Wakanda Forever, he was going to do the Atlanta uh, cheating scandal. Mm, yeah, uh, I remember with Michael that. B. Jordan. I remember. So, that. Yeah, and I was like, great. I mean, and he shot what. Uh, both Black Panthers now in in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, and like he knows the area, he knows how to film it. Like, let him do it. Like, let him do that movie, you mm-hmm. know, or something of it. Because I'd rather see him. Because I'd rather in five years get a Brian Coogler movie that's his, and he doesn't have to worry about like the Ironheart and the Thunderbolts of it all. Or or trying to incorporate that in an organic way. I want him to kind of tell um, his own story Mm -hmm. um, without the pressures of Black Panther. Yeah, and I also know that like within that system, um, I also know that he's been producing a lot. Judas and the Black Messiah was produced by him. Um, he's gotten Stephen Capel Jr.'s career off the ground. He's now currently doing Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Like she's been doing a lot of producing lately. I, I and also I believe he's even producing Ironheart, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he's an executive it's, producer on it. So like he has been doing stuff, but I I agree. I one thousand percent agree with you. I do want to like let him have his break. Honestly, just let men do what you want. Whether it's Black Panther three or another film of his, whatever he does next, I'm obviously going to be there day one. Same. Uh, same. All right. Uh, is there anything else for Wakanda Forever? We've gone an hour and 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else for uh, this podcast? I just I, have just one, uh, last, just one last thought on it that I forgot to mention is that I I hope that we get to see more of Michaela Cole's character in the future because she was uh, she was barely in this movie. And um, I'm a I'm a huge fan of her. She's a she's she's an incredible actress. Um, if you guys haven't seen, she made a limited series for HBO called "I May Destroy You." And if you guys haven't seen it, uh, I would recommend that as well. Actually, she... that, that does actually bring me up to a point that I actually kind of realized. I think we might have this might be in the deleted scenes, but there's a scene in the trailer that isn't in the movie, and I think this actually might lead to some more more Malaji strife, um, where, like, she is, like, up against, like, protecting either Akoya or someone else, up against, like, several Dora Malaji members, and I'm wondering if there's, like, some strife in Dora Malaji that we did not see in the movie. And if so, I would actually like to see that again. Yeah, it might be. I think they mentioned, like, a couple like a year ago that I think they were doing a show, like a Wakanda set show. I don't oh. think they have specified what it's about, but I hope they do I, that. Maybe I, based on the Dormy Lashes. There's, so there's two, um, and I know this for a fact, because I've been, you know, my podcast, uh, Conversation with Two Geeks, we do weekly movie news and stuff. So I know this for a fact. Um, 
there's two projects. There's two projects. There's a Wakanda pro. There's like a World of Wakanda, and an Akoyan prequel series, kind of in the works right now. However, those actually might wind up being Disney Plus special presentations, aka kind of like Werewolf by Night. So we so we might be seeing more of them in in the near future. Yeah. Okay. And also, I mean. Uh, so there, so it got, so this movie got banned in China for, uh, supposed queerness and I was like so confused. And then I rewatched the movie and I noticed that there were two characters in that there was two characters that like they kissed on the head and one of them referred to, uh, as, you know, I love you or something. I don't remember the exact, but I was just like, this is why it's banned. Like, in uh, in Alfie, you and I have talked about it, um, and uh, I haven't talked to you, Josh, about or David, but like that's just insane to me that you know now the movies, like even if they have the littlest instance, like that could be deleted, it's still like well, it's still banned. Like it's it and it just goes to my point of like just do just go on, go full into it if you are going to do it because it's not going to matter they're just going to ban you no matter what so yeah yeah no and it just goes back to the whole um like i remember when dr strange and multiverse of madness was um banned in malaysia because of a man because amanda chavez's pa- parents yeah and it's like that's like nothing <laughs> and that's like nothing compared to like china but like and it's the whole thing i don't deal with yeah. that but i just i'm just like just seriously really <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but I think this 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 time around was I I think that was the weirdest one because same I I think I told you Carol that I saw the news and I was I, I couldn't even remember what they were talking about and I th- I think I didn't even notice that because I uh even the, I've I've seen it three times and I noticed it until the third time and even then it kind of it doesn't even look something that's overly like they're like in a in a relationship. Like it, it could really be anything. Like I, I, I don't really know what the big deal is. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's whatever. Uh, other thing. I think the last final thing I would like to net show is I actually would convince people to not watch it in IMAX. I don't know if anyone else saw it in IMAX or not. But... I, I saw it in IMAX the first night, and I thought it was good. I thought it was great in IMAX, actually. The only reason I would say no is because during the big final scene where they're on the ship and then they cut to the desert and it's they the aspect ratio changes and david i don't know if you noticed it or i don't know if you even saw this in imax but um but like for me the aspect ratio like changing like from like the anamorphic to the full i really yeah. wasn't a fan of that like at the I, end yeah, no, I, I noticed that as well, but I don't think I minded that. I mean, it wasn't like Transformers. The- no, but it was just a thing where I was like, please don't do that. There are definitely going to be moments where like, it's definitely like the letter, the um the letterbox versus the full IMAX. IMAX. And I just saw it in there, one of those movies that just do like a half and half sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can understand. But it, I was just like giving warning. Like if you are seeing an IMAX, just be like weary. Uh and then yeah, I mean that's all I got for Wakanda Forever. If does anyone if 
does anyone else have any? I know I keep saying this, but does anyone, anyone have any more final notes? David, anyone, or Alfie? I Josh? mean, there are things that, there are things I didn't say that I could say, but I'm honestly really tired, and so I think we've said enough. <laughs> so I'm I'm done for my part. I I mean I could go on for hours about this movie, but at this point I'm just like I'm just. This movie was good, y'all. I, I knew this movie was at least going to be good, but I didn't know how good this movie was going to be and stuff. And I just, again, just Ryan, uh, to Ryan and to any of the cast and crew or really anyone who worked on this movie, y'all knocked out of the park. I know this wasn't easy, but y'all knocked out of the park. So um, again, I know wrong franchise, but uh, salute. Yeah. Uh, yes. Alfie, for you? Uh, no, I guess I think I'm just really grateful for Ryan Coogler, honestly, because I'm, I say I'm, I'm not really, you know, someone who follows the MCU like bit by bit with everything, now with everything that they're doing. And I didn't really have any sort of expectations for this movie, but it, it was incredible. To me, it is my favorite MCU movie so far. And Ryan Coogler really just won my seat at the theater every single time that he makes whatever he wants to make. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so with that, uh, starting with you, Alfie, uh, where can the good people find you on Twitter or any social media? Uh, sure. Uh, you guys can find uh, can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Fonsi the Snowman. Kale follows me as well, so I guess uh, we talk a lot about any, everything. And we also do daily movie spaces on Twitter. Well, uh, the movie rankings where every night we do a different. Uh, really, we we talk about any type of topic and movies, and we rank them, and it's fun. Usually, it takes. It usually should be ninety minutes, but. You know, Kale usually run a, a, a bit more. <laughs> Lately, we've been running like three and a half, you know. Yes. <laughs> it, it's getting, yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, and we even cut down the ranking. That's the saddest part. We did, yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yes, uh, please go check those out. It's it's on Twitter. We usually run it, Um, or Alfie and uh skadoosh and ryla they run those uh usually on 7 30 eastern time uh and we try to finish by like nine o'clock but as alfie and i have said it usually ends around 10 30 or 11 nowadays um but yeah okay so uh josh you where can the good people find you and do you have a podcast you want to plug in okay so uh you guys can find me at jmartin3729 on twitter and also you can find me on the podcast a conversation with two geeks my co-host jamie and i we talk about movie, the week's movie news and stuff and actually this week we will be talking about black panther with a very special guest and such and i'm very excited to um, have him on and stuff so yeah uh make sure to check out that episode it's a week it's a weekly podcast so we um so we literally come out with like episodes weekly and stuff and you can find that on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and wherever the podcast uh, podcast station you listen to all right. And David, for you, where can the good people find you? And do you have anything to plug? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Wyatt's underscore David, or I mean, if Twitter goes down or whatever, uh, you can find me on that same oh. handle, at, <laughs> handle on Instagram, uh, I guess, if you want to follow me there. Um, 
and I have a blog called Film Assessment. Uh, the handle for it is just Film Assessment. It's been kind of inactive, as we've discussed in the past, but if you want to go read some old reviews, I have a review for the first Black Panther there. I, I haven't written any uh, review for this one yet. Uh, I, I, compl I completely forgot to mention the whole uh, Twitter potentially going down news and stuff. So, uh, I know, I everything I just said might be irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Okay. On on a just in case basis, um, how how should I put how should I put put this? Um, I'm on mass. I'm okay. So the current pod, basically just follow me on Twitter. Um, you'll find more news about that. More find more news about that later and such. And yeah, just follow me on Twitter until the end of until the end of it, and then I'll start posting like where y'all can find me because I'm still trying to figure out certain places where to go. Okay, so. So just yeah, just follow me on Twitter at uh, jmartin three two seven three seven two nine. There and yeah, we're just all gonna join like a, a Reddit thread or something, uh, <laughs> uh, or Discord, you know. But mm -hmm. yes, for the time being, you can find me uh, information on this podcast and updates on at movie kale. Uh, I'm currently the header name is the Kalesman uh, in honor of the Fablemans uh for now um but thank you everyone for listening we will be back uh very soon um i don't know exactly what movie we're gonna do next uh because the movies that i want to talk about are much later next week um but we'll see we'll be we'll i'll keep updating on twitter uh thanks everyone uh we'll be back with you very very soon What you whisper, they have lost their protector. Now is our time to strike. Show them. Who we are.